This is Security Download, your ultimate source for the latest developments in private security. Host Honor Redmond will bring you the inside scoop, groundbreaking trends, and exclusive interviews with leading experts in both residential and business security. Security Download is powered by Brav, delivering tech-forward, customer-service-focused private security. On today's episode, I am so excited and delighted that I have joining me a very, very interesting individual. He has been the Chief Operating Officer at Triumph Properties, the founder of RC Consulting, focused on the multifamily space, aiding individuals and family offices in acquiring thousands of apartments. He's worked with Morgan Properties, which is the fifth largest owner-operator in the country, and has assisted the Kushner family with a lot of their real estate as well. I would love to welcome, and I'm so excited to chat with Jonathan Cohen. Well, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing really well. Thank you. So Jonathan and I had such a interesting uh, call preparing for this show where I, you know, I wanted that call to go two hours, frankly, and we covered so much content. We're going to try to distill it for our listeners today. And we kicked off, you know, normally when we talk to people that hire security, it's so interesting to get their perspectives and the lens through which they view that uh, hiring process. And Jonathan framed for me this this really interesting thought that for his properties, he looks at it kind of on a spectrum. And on one end of the spectrum is a ton of security. And on the other end is sort of openness or no rules or freedom. Um, so Jonathan, I, I'd love it if you could kick us off with, with your views on that. Sure, sure. Happy to. Um, I sort of view it uh, similarly to a dimmer switch that you might have in your house. You can either have the lights fully on or fully off or anywhere in between. So I sort of look at uh, security at a property from that lens or that perspective. Um, Now, each property is different and uh, has its own needs. Uh, The needs could come from um, the neighborhoods uh, that the properties are in or the particular idiosyncrasies of the property or uh, the clientele, uh, the type of property it is. But, um, you know, I, I the spectrum I sort of look at uh, on the very, very minimal security side would be basically none. Uh, I mean, you have... Uh, uh, you have doors now. Everyone has a door lock, and it is up to them whether they lock the door. But um, that would sort of be the minimal security I would uh, uh, expect at most properties. Um, taking a slight step uh, up from there might be controlled access, where there is a door that uh, has a key lock or a buzzer or something that. Uh, uh, would require some interaction from either the resident in the uh, apartment uh, unit or uh, coming in from the outside to go through a, an access point and then come to the uh, specific apartment. Um, beyond that, uh, we get into cameras and, uh, you know, depending on whether they're passively monitored or actively monitored. Um you know, into, as I said, uh, live monitoring with a virtual concierge. 
um, then we would go up to a physical presence, either a concierge or a doorman. Uh, beyond that, uh, might be a guard, you know, unarmed. And I think the uh, the most extreme case uh, might be uh, an armed guard. And uh, so I I look at it uh, similarly to the way uh, the airlines operate. Uh, whereas if uh, any of you have flown or used to fly 20 years ago or 30 years ago, um, it was uh, it was a pretty open affair. Um, I remember traveling to Europe once where I brought a bottle of wine and a corkscrew and no one thought uh, uh, twice about it. But uh, today, uh, if I tried doing that, I would probably end up uh, arrested. So uh, and back then they asked for a drink. <laughs> and back then they said, would you like a glass for that? <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, it really depends on what you as the resident or tenant is willing to put up with. How secure do you feel uh, living in any one of these uh, apartments? Uh, uh, obviously, there are people with nefarious intent that uh, want as little security as possible. And there are other people that, uh, because of the, uh, you know, potentially socioeconomic uh, uh, areas that they're living in uh, require more security. Um, and let me jump in there for a second. So you do mostly multifamily housing, um, and some of that is low income. Is that right? A large well, um, no, I don't say oh, I don't okay. do a large amount of large income. There are some uh, properties that I oversee that are in lower socioeconomic areas, um, but uh, I do not do any. Um, low what is typically referred to as low income or tax credit housing got um, it i do what is referred to as market rate got um it. so uh but with that being said the market rate runs the gamut uh, i mean we do uh accept uh section h section eight vouchers mm -hmm. uh you know in that all of our properties really uh and uh so it, it really depends some of them are uh um you know, in, in lovely areas and others are not so wonderful areas. And so what I'm curious to know is when does do sort of the desires of the tenants align with the desires of the property manager um, when it comes to security? And when do the desires of the tenants diverge? In well, your experience? <laughs> it's, it's like uh, that old, uh, uh, saying, you know, you, you don't really want the uh, uh, the police around until you want the police around. Um, you know, if you're doing something that you don't want the police around for, then you don't want them around. But, uh, you know, if they're if you're in a situation where um, uh, you feel that you're in some sort of danger or, uh, you know, a situation like that, you, you certainly want them around. And uh, so we we look at each um we look at each situation and i i think we've uh gone to the controlled access you know is sort of our baseline uh each one of uh, our properties have some sort of controlled access whether there would be a fence around the property you know if it's a garden style that has uh, some sort of fob or you know a key box you know a push button box uh, or remote controlled uh, uh, gates for parking. I think that is sort of our minimum. Um, we do have cameras 
at uh, each of our properties, but uh, in very, uh, you know, very general areas. So we might uh, have them, you know, uh, ingress and egress, you know, to uh, look at license plates. Uh, we might have it at a uh, pool area. We might have them at the mailboxes because mailboxes as of late have become a target for break-ins. Mm -hmm. um, Is that something you've seen a lot more of at your properties recently? Oh, uh, tremendous, tremendous. Huh. Uh, I, I mean, we work with the post office constantly because the uh, criminals have gotten the keys, actual, you know, because they're master keys to all of the uh, mailboxes. So they just walk in, open up the mailboxes, go through them, dump the mail on the ground and take uh, packages or checks. Uh, and um, the post office does relatively little about that. That's insane. And so that's at your properties where someone will follow a different person in through the controlled access? Or, the, or, they'll, or they will break in. Or they'll uh, break and, in. And, um, and, and, you know, they're on camera and they really don't care. Uh -huh. um, you know, they may wear a hat, a mask. Um, and uh, But they're, they spend time, you know, several hours going through, depending on the size of the property, uh, mail. And there's really not a lot that, uh, you know... Uh, there's not a lot that the post office is doing. I mean, uh, even mm -hmm. after complaining for more than a year, they still haven't changed the locks. Is it so? This is interesting to me. I thought the locks were locks that each property created. Well, there is, uh, and if you've ever been in an apartment building or sure. an office building where you see the uh, uh, the you know uh, postal carrier open up, take a key, and open yep. up an yep. entire yep. bank. So those are the keys that these people have procured. And those are the keys that the post office is in charge of creating. That's not each yes. individual part. Oh, Correct. that's so interesting. See, those, I are master, that. Yeah, those are master keys that are issued to postal carriers. Oh, that's interesting. So every single time, like if I want to build an apartment building, I would build it. I would put in boxes for mail and then I'd have to go to the post office to get the well, the the, the, the boxes. Well, most of the manufacturers they build have that. Okay. They have that. They, okay. they just build it with that access, that specific access key for that particular post office. Oh, it's so interesting. And so there was some particular pivot point where one person got the key and then just distributed it. Or well, they're you know they're, fun they're they're funny looking skeleton keys. Okay. So, uh, but I'm like anything else. If you try hard enough, you can find it on the internet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, insane. So so that's super interesting. So other than so it sounds like the the mail, the security of the mail is a big issue. Um, mm -hmm. what else have your residents really complained about where they they feel a lack of security? Well, um people, uh unauthorized people or homeless people breaking into uh the the properties sleeping in a laundry room or in a, a hallway or a bathroom or a garbage room or any place. Um, sometimes, um, you know, people have to uh, uh, do what people do um, and they will leave, leave that in hallways and closets and laundry rooms and. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, and, uh, or, you know, communal bathrooms. Um, uh, it's, uh, we have had experience with stalkers that, uh, will key on a particular resident, uh, and, uh, you know, both 
tenants who are, you know, who have stalked or outside, uh, you know, just outsiders that have, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are, uh, you know, there are gangs that will break in. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had, uh, not that I have personally had it, but I have heard stories of gangs taking over uh, apartment buildings or, uh, and and uh, making them into distribution centers, um, you know, uh, the you know the areas that uh, are sort of focal points for us. You know, we we have to look at everything. Uh, you know, a, a parking lot at night when there's no one else around. Well, do we have the appropriate lighting for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there the appropriate controlled access? You know, if you're coming home you know, late in the evening and it's dark and uh, there are no lights, uh, will you feel safe? But we can't even talk about safety. Uh, there are all sorts of fair housing rules that prohibit us from using certain words or terms. Um, I yeah, mean, you, you'd mentioned that in our prep call and I was fascinated by this. Tell us more about this. Yes. So um, fair housing is a, uh, there's a set of fair, fair housing laws that are meant to um, make housing available to everyone. Uh, and I fully support that. But it's 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 like uh, the story of the three bears. You know, uh, some of these rules are, you know, uh, too, too hard, some are too soft, and very few are just right. Um, so, That's a good uh, way to put it. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, and and I understand the you know the reasons for it. Uh, something as simple as uh, if you remember back in the day, uh, you might see an ad for an apartment community or a house that say you know walking distance to whatever walking distance to a store. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't use the word walking because not everyone walks. So, uh, and again. People understand what it means, but it is, no, we can no longer use that terminology. Otherwise, we are in violation of fair housing. Wow. Uh, we can't use... And, and by the way, I'm curious, what's the... Is it basically you can't put it in any sort of advertised material? Correct. Wow. Correct. And what happens if you do? You can be fined. Okay. If wow. People, uh, people complain. Um, we... Uh, same thing... Uh, describing religious institutions. You can use the word religious institution, but you can't say close to a church or a synagogue or a mosque or anything uh, like that. You just have to be generic about it. And so we're always very conscious of uh, how we advertise. Um, And so bringing us all the way back to safety, you mentioned this word that I hadn't heard, courtesy patrol. Oh, yes. Uh, So so tell us about courtesy patrol and how that that sort of limits the use of the word safety. Sure. So, um, people's one of one of the base concerns, you know, uh, you, you you have the uh, your basic needs, you know, shelter, food, safety, you know, which is uh, part of that. Um, but so, a typical question that uh, a uh, renter might use is, "Is this community safe?" Is it well? Uh, our answer is, crime has no address. Uh, a crime can occur anywhere, um, and we cannot guarantee your safety. We do uh, we do certain things, you know, that I was just describing. You know, the uh, you know keys, controlled access, cameras, patrols, um, to do our best in uh, providing you uh, with 
as safe a uh, an experience as we can possibly have, but things can still happen. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so we don't use the word safe or safety. And is that, that because would, of fair housing? Well, that's that's not so much because of fair housing, but okay. because we cannot guarantee sure. that anyone is safe anywhere. Sure. Um, we are operators of housing, of you know, apartment communities. So um, say using the word safety patrol, that implies that you will be safe. Mm. So we cannot guarantee that. No one can guarantee mm. that. Uh, so uh, industry-wide, we have changed that to courtesy patrol. Um, Very and, interesting. And, and, and again, this is typically just a person who is either walking around a property or driving around a property or could be in a, a golf cart uh, cruising around the property. But uh, just as in any number of uh, industries or situations, uh, these patrols are only as good as the people that are patrolling. Uh, and you and I touched on this. You know, we don't know. Um, is that person on patrol, you know, traveling throughout the property is, you know, are they doing it on a routine basis? Are they falling asleep in the car or uh, in an office uh, somewhere? And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very hard. And, uh, you know, the, the amounts of money that, you know, uh, these people are paid uh, are the, you know, it, it, it's not a high paying job. So, uh, and oftentimes it's a second job and uh, someone works a full day and then they have a night patrol and they're tired. And um, so, you know, we as businesses, as any businesses uh, try to uh, maintain the lowest possible prices that uh, we are paying for goods or services. And, you know, there's a trickle down there. You, you get what you pay for. No, for sure. And, you know, obviously we chatted a little bit about what my company is working on and, and the ways that we folded all of these questions in to, um, you know, sort of informing our views on security and what we're building. And so, so I'm curious to ask you, what are some of the successes that you've you've heard of in your career on the sort of security or courtesy patrol or safety or whatever we want to call it front and what are some of the biggest well maybe let's start with successes first that i, I do want to chat about points of failure and areas of improvement <laughs> well uh, so i um early in my career um i saw some very large oversaw some very large properties in newark new jersey um some of the you know beautiful beautiful properties but they were very very large um one building um which had over 600 uh, apartments in it was uh, consisted of two high-rise apartments with a field in between and um so the uh, one building happened to have uh, one gang in it and uh the other building had a rival gang in it. Wow. Uh, and um, so, but, you know, I, and I spoke to members of all of these, you know, gangs. Uh, they they knew who I was. I, I didn't represent a threat to them. Uh, and I was also trying to do things at the property that would benefit uh, each group, you know, a communal playground. And uh, so we sort of worked it out that, um uh, these playgrounds were neutral ground, 
And um, although I don't know really if that has a lot to do with security, but I think it's it's communication more than anything else. Mm. Uh, now, we did have uh, security guards uh, initially unarmed. Uh, we did end up going to nighttime armed patrols uh, at this community. And uh, because there was significant drug activity in the stairwells. And um, so we basically... Uh, we put cameras in stairwells. We had uh, the armed guards in the evenings walking down the stairs. And these were, uh, I'm trying to remember, you know, at least 18 story uh, buildings. So the guards wow. got a good workout uh, and they had multiple stairwells in each one. So they would, you know, have to walk. They walked down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> took the elevator up. They would hopefully. take the elevator up and walk down. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was reduced significantly. There was also a lot of damage that was caused by, and it was mostly kids uh, mm -hmm. that were uh, getting high in these stairwells. And um, uh, but you'd still find blunts and things like that oh. uh, all over in the morning. So, and did uh, you find positive responses from the residents when you yes. did that? Yeah. Yes, because so the positive response is that occupancy increased. Oh wow! Because wow. Because property so a bottom a, line thing for you. Yes, properties get a reputation. And um, we tightened up security because the property can have a negative reputation. You know, as far as we're concerned, it may be positive uh, for some people. But, uh, you know, this is an easy <laughs> place. You know, you move in. They don't check anything. Um, you know, there's no one around. So we can go about our business uh, any way we want. Mm -hmm. uh, and people were afraid. You know, we had a lot of good residents, old time residents that were just afraid they'd come to us and complain. And mm -hmm. the result was uh, adding um, uh, initially the, you know, the cameras and the unarmed uh, patrols and then ultimately mm -hmm. the armed patrols. Um, but there's also a negative aspect of that. Um, the uh, security company at some point uh, became a little overzealous and, you know, they were, they were, you yeah. know, our mandate to them, you know, uh, I don't know if I would call it post orders, but our mandate to them was to, you know, stop the, uh, you know, the, the drug activity and the, uh, you know, uh, anything that they could. And, uh, they started getting a little bit rough mm. with some of the residents and we ended up having to terminate that, uh, company just because, you know, there's that fine line between sure. uh, security and uh, uh, brutality, I think. Sure. Yeah. And the, and the thing that I find interesting, too, is that different clients' perceptions of what security is are so different. And so if there isn't clear communication or if there is communication, but the receiving party isn't, you know, it's not quite hitting home <laughs> what you <laughs> what you want done, um, it, it's problematic. I mean, um I chatted with uh, Dave Weiner on a different show and he shared, you know, there are some security companies that will never go hands-on, like that's their mandate, which mm -hmm. means that, you know, within, within their post orders, they won't actually go and physically interfere. Their job is to observe and report and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I could see a bunch of clients for whom that's great. Right. And some clients who would be really put off by that, who'd be like, what do you mean? You like you're there to go and intervene if, you know, something within these parameters occurs. Right. Um, and so how do you how do you think about those parameters? Right. Because that's a 
it's a tricky thing. I, I would imagine it varies by even the type of building. And then certainly it's something that's really shifted over time too, in terms of what the, you know, where, where the black and white and gray areas are. Well, yeah, it's, um, I think the, the real, the real big, the big shift came um, sort of during the pandemic. Sure. Um, so there are, uh, and I, I could probably talk for several hours about, uh, you know, from a landlord's perspective about things I'm unhappy with, but we'll we'll, we'll stick with security. Here. No, I, I mean, I, we had some time at the end. You shared some really interesting <laughs> things. I'd love to at least touch on there because they were fascinating to me. But um, so the uh, pre-pandemic, we uh, again, there, there's there's no panacea here. I mean, we have we're we're dealing with people. And people have issues. Um, you know, uh, they have personalities. They mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, they they deal with illness. They deal with uh, drug abuse in some cases. Uh, uh, I've experienced suicides. I've experienced oh, murders. Um, they have friends, some of them nice and some of them not so nice, or relatives, some of them, you know, their families. Uh, we have many situations where you have a, uh, you know, a, a a grandparent living on, you know, some sort of fixed income and a uh, grandchild coming in uh, and the grandchild is involved with, uh, you know, it could be a gang, could be drugs, could be anything. And um, sort of uh, keeping the or taking the grandparent hostage almost. Um, so, you know, we, we deal with that. We deal with pets, you know, um, you know, illegal or approved, you know, uh, I, I love, you know, I love animals. I have, uh, I have a dog, uh, but, you know, some people have nasty dogs and uh, they, they can bite people. Uh, you know, if they are in elevators, they scare people sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's a whole issue with, uh, you know, service animals, which, uh, you know, you can now for a few dollars, uh, get your own service animal certificate uh, online, uh, which. Yeah, that's really exploded. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, um, you know, it's uh, the people do it to get around the cost of, uh, you know, we have a pet fee in many of our buildings. Oh, no, I have a service animal, so it's free. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or they say, yes, my uh, I, I need my uh, three pit bulls to, uh, you know, as service animals. <laughs> so, um, and I know it's it's not the it's not the breed, it's the animal. But uh, mm -hmm. even so, um, we deal with hoarding all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, we become psychologists uh, because, you know, your your knee-jerk reaction is to uh, say, you know, get out and, uh, you know, throw all your stuff out. But these are people with mental issues and we try to bring in um, family members to help them, uh, mm -hmm. which we've done. Uh, I've done it many times uh, uh, and, you know, make the family members sort of the care caretaker of the um you know, a uh, family member that is having this courting issue. Mm -hmm. uh, when it gets too bad, at some point, we do call in the city, uh, and sometimes they help and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. um, Does the city help with hoarding? Yes. 
They no can, kidding. I, That's news. Well, not not in the way you're thinking. You know, they oh. will basically throw the person out. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it, I it was envisioning a, a nice person from the government saying, "Let's get this organized." There, there are some there are some areas that have you know again pre pandemic social mm -hmm. services that yep. will come and help, but uh, I think uh, it's. Uh, but ultimately, um, they'll help you. Evict. Ultimately, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, at a okay. certain way because. I don't know if you've ever been in a hoarding situation or into a, a room or. Yeah, you know, I think I at mean, this point everyone's seen the show, right? It, yeah, it, it's it's real, and uh, what the show doesn't uh, uh, get you to understand is the smell and Oof. the the uh, just it's 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 just a horrendous situation. Um, and again, without going into graphic yeah. detail, it's yeah. uh, it's it's a very bad situation in, in many cases. Yep. Um. So, uh, but, you know, people getting back to it, people have financial issues. Uh, I mean, the pandemic caused a lot of people uh, to lose jobs. Uh, the government uh, came in and offered compensation, you know, so they could stay uh, stay in their apartments. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, they, I, in my opinion, you know, it was taken too far and uh, we lost the ability to um, evict people that really deserve to be evicted. Again, mm. I, we work with anyone that really wants to work with us. You know, they say, I'm having a hard time. We'll set up payment plans. We'll, uh, you know, we we really work uh, with those people. But there are other ones that uh, game the system. And uh, I mean, we knew people with, you know, six-figure incomes that were just saying, okay, I don't have to pay you, so I'm not mm. going to. Um, and uh, so. You know, there's that fine line. Um, but the other problem is with these financial issues, you know, sometimes it uh, the requirement to evict happens uh, and people are evicted and they become either homeless. Um, some of them can find new housing. Um, but some of them, when there's a combination of that and maybe some mental illness or a, a history of violence, uh, can create dangerous scenarios for people working at the site yeah um, one property or one one company that i worked with uh, that had um, properties in the baltimore uh, area someone was e evicted and then uh, several weeks later he came back with a shotgun and shot the uh, shot the property manager uh, and uh, she lost lost a part of her arm oh. um and uh you know it's you know, you very hear about scary. these things. Yeah, it's very, it can be very scary. Yeah. And, you know, which sort of begs the question, what do we as an industry do to protect our employees? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it, again, it's it, it's not just the, the residents, but it's also our employees. They are dealing with the same issues, you know, the, the parking lots, the common areas, yeah. storage areas, pets, gyms, lighting, noise, tenants, neighborhoods, you know, uh, you know, and uh, even some uh, even some simple things like, uh, you know, a resident uh, likes to cook and uh, tends to burn things. So the smoke alarm goes off all the time. And uh, what do they do? They remove the smoke detector uh, from mm -hmm. the ceiling, which then creates a uh, problem for potential problem for the residents around them. What if there's a fire and there's no smoke detector? You know, um, so uh, and people look at these as, well, they're my right. You know, it's my right to do this. It's my apartment. But, you know, they're living in a communal situation where 
you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few to um, requote a line that's been bandied about. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. Um, and, you know, because the viewers of this show are both people hiring security as well as people running different types of security companies. Um, I'm curious to kind of put you on the spot and ask, we didn't rehearse this question, but, but hopefully you'll run with it. Um, you know, a security company listening to this, first of all, should be taking frantic notes because this is gold. I think so much of what you've shared is so insightful and so valuable. Um, but, you know, let's say we have a security company listening to this and kind of saying, okay, what can I learn from the needs in terms of how I position my service and how I pitch? And you lay out, um, you know, when we kind of prepped, you laid out a couple of questions around management, um, specifically, and I think this this kind of speaks to the, the difficulties that you're kind of moving into now, the pieces that make it um, hard and scary, right? Like, what do you do in cases of stalking, homelessness, the mentally ill? Um, you know, as a property manager, what can a security company, I, I guess, what's your wish list? Like, what do you feel would be amazing if someone were able to come in and offer or focus on? Well, I think it's it's a partnership. Um, each property has its unique idiosyncrasies. And I think the key here is for the um, the security company that you're working with to take the time and really understand uh, the idiosyncrasies of that property. What, you know, just running down sort of the list that, uh, or, you know, the, the items that I mentioned, you know, where, where does this property stand with all of those uh, items? Um, it's, uh, you know, if it's a, a neighborhood issue, you, you address it one way. If it's a, you know, specific, you know, tenants, then you address it a different way. Uh, if it's, you know, uh, I think a, um, uh, a security audit when the company comes in is very important. You know, so where are the trouble spots? You know, mm. oh, this corner of the uh, parking lot is really dark, you know, mm. or, um, you know, this storage room, you know, the lock is, uh, is not secure and uh, somebody could just jiggle it and break in while someone's, you know, in there, you don't have cameras in there. So there's no one that uh, knows what's going on. So I think, you know, security audits would probably be uh, very important. But, you know, partnering with the, uh, you know, both the security company and the uh, community partnering together and uh, understanding each other's needs and limitations. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously, uh, if I'm hiring a uh, an unarmed guard, they're not going to, you know, in, in an armed uh, conflict, they're not going to be jumping in to, uh, you know, say, I'm here. Uh, you know, so we have to understand their limitations. They have to understand needs. So I think that uh, would be where I would start. Um, but, you know, also, uh, I think, you know, there, uh, and we didn't discuss this, but, and, and I just read this subsequent to it, but, you know, there is now a bill advancing um, mm -hmm. that would limit or eliminate the use of background checks. So we use background checks mm -hmm. on people. We look for criminal activity. So there's a bill that would uh, limit or eliminate the use of background checks from tenant screening. So where I could see, you know, it being popular for uh, a, uh, 
you know, a legislator, you know, to uh, propose this. What about you as a resident in an apartment uh, community? It's do terrifying. You, do you want me, do you want me to be, you know, prevented from checking out the person that's going to be living next door to you with all of these problems that, you know, which we don't see to begin with or may not mm -hmm. be on a background check. You want this uh, to strip away another little, you know, small protection. And I think that uh, this is just a, a horrible, horrible, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, a horrible, horrible rule that they're trying to advance. I was not aware of that. Is that, and that's just for uh, residential housing, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, and, I, mean, and, I know and, there are limits you can limits around background checks for employment. Well, well yes, yes, but, yes, but this is—I uh, yeah, mean, this is again, different. this is this is this is a criminal check. You know, so have you, you know, have you been in, you know, and and not just people that have been arrested, but people that have been convicted. Yeah. This is, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it follows, and again, there are many, many rules: fair housing and uh, and uh, was it uh, FERPTA, uh, which I think is the. Uh, um, the credit reporting uh, regulations. So, um, yeah, we have to follow all of these things. <laughs> no, no, for sure. And that, you know, and I think that brings up, you know, some something that we touched on, which, you know, maybe, maybe you'll give us a brief glimpse into, but we had chatted before the show about how you actually had a foray into kind of the security industry in the it was in the 80s right it was in the 80s <laughs> yes. and it, if you will excuse my very brief summary basically you built a product and you can tell us a little bit about that and then the the discovery was that people sometimes don't want to think about security or safety or, or whatever because it actually makes them scared it makes them think about like mm -hmm. oh my gosh what dangerous things am i protecting myself from mm -hmm. um and, and so my question to you is you know how do you how how do we present security as something that feels good as opposed to something that's scary and and based in part on on your learnings from way back when? So, so just to very quickly uh, describe what you were Please. alluding to. Uh, so back in the eighties, uh, I was in uh, well the furniture rental business and. Um, uh, which is very closely aligned to the apartment industry. But I was trying to think of other products that we could carry uh, to improve our bottom line. And uh, so uh, one of the products I started, uh, I started renting fitness equipment because uh, most people will buy a treadmill and they use it for the first month and a half and then it becomes a coat rack. Um, so I Probably. said, why not, why not rent it? You know, see if you're actually going to use it for a few months. And, um, but, uh, that's, uh, again, a lot of these things are timing, uh, and, uh, that's when all these low cost, uh, health clubs started, uh, popping up. So that, that never really worked. Um, but the what we were talking about is uh, I thought of this uh, idea and I called it rent alarm systems. So what it was, and again, this is back in the very early days of wireless uh, uh, wireless devices. Uh, I partnered with an alarm company and a manufacturer, and uh, we were going to install a basic alarm system uh, where there was, you know, a, a a keypad and a central control panel and some door contacts and uh, some window contacts 
uh, with along with live with actual monitoring, and I have partnered with a monitoring company. And uh, we were doing it basically for the cost of a cost similar to just what monitoring costs. So I think uh, back then it may have been thirty dollars a month or something like that, or uh, you know, retail cost of monitoring. And so it was a very nice system. It worked easily. Uh, you know, we were able to install it uh, in an hour or two. Um, and we offered it free to the apartment communities with a revenue share. So they would get a little piece of uh, each month's um, revenue. And they loved the idea, but without exception, uh, they all declined. And uh, so I asked one fellow, you love this idea, why are you declining? And he said, I don't want to imply to anyone that our community needs security. Yep. Yeah, that's, and it's crazy, right? Because you were way ahead of the curve. Now it's such a selling point, regardless mm -hmm. of where you are. Right. And to bring that back to the question you just asked before, mm -hmm. um, how do you sell security, so to speak? Um, it's, it's marketing 101. You're not selling the steak. You're mm -hmm. selling the sizzle. Mm-hmm. You're I not, hadn't heard that one before. I like it. Yes. You're not selling the drill bit. You're selling the hole it makes. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what is the benefit? Yep. And that's really it. Of course, that's, you know, just, as I said, marketing 101. Um, sell what it does, not the piece of metal or, you know, item. Totally. And, and what we've heard, and I'm curious if you agree with this, is that some of the most lasting, maybe even like the most charming benefits of security have been people really feeling taken care of and seen in, in these ways that feel, you know, like, hey, someone's got my back, right? And whether that's, you know, you're anxious and you see the security guard or someone helps you open a door, or carry a bag mm -hmm. in or provide some level of like coziness and comfort in a way that goes beyond like, oh, there's there's a guy with a gun walking up and down the stairs. Um, and I'm curious if that's something that you have seen or if alternately it's something that you wish you could see more of. Well, um, it's certainly something I I have seen and wish I could see more of. And exactly those um, examples you gave, I have seen, you know, the courtesy patrols help uh, help people with their groceries or luggage or, um, you know, with 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 a pet, with, uh, you know, any number of scenarios when they when they can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have also prevented crime, which I guess yeah. has been the, their primary uh, totally. objective. Um, because they'll see a group of, uh, you know, people congregating or some, you know, drug activity or uh, something like that. And they break it up. They say, not here, go across the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's so, awesome. And, and that's really all, that's what happens a lot of time. It's don't do it here. Yep. You know, we know we're not going to stop you from doing it. Just don't do it here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's not their job, right? They're not the police and they can choose to notify the police if something rises to that level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and a lot of times it's not an extreme 
um, event. It's yep. small events. Yep. It's it's the little nudges that uh, you know uh, it it takes uh, it takes a lot of time to to turn a battleship. So yep. you know it's just you know these little nudges that uh, you know change the direction of a property that's um, uh, that is has fallen you know into the wrong direction or has turned in the wrong direction. That's that's really interesting. I like that way of thinking about it. Um, we have gone a little over time. I wish we could go one more hour over time because this is just such a fascinating conversation. Um, I think we'll have to do round two of this at some point. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, Jonathan. This was such a pleasure. Um, I learned a ton. I know my audience learned a ton. Um, I want to double check. So we will share in the show notes. People can find you on LinkedIn. We have your company website. Um, if there's anything else you want to share right now in terms of where listeners can find you, share now or you can let me know afterwards. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Perfect. that's probably the easiest place. Perfect. Um, so I hope that uh, to our audience, I hope you learned something. Um, I know I sure did. Thank you again so much, Jonathan. This has been another exciting episode of Security Download. And that wraps up another episode of Security Download. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at securitydownload.live and be sure to follow on your favorite podcast app.